Good morning, Cathedral, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy New Year. Will you stand with me as we get ready to enter worship and praise? I don't know about you, but it seems like it's, I don't know, a little bit of <laughs> happy new year. Ready to go? Are we ready to praise God? Let's get it up, guys. Come on. Welcome. It's a new year. Hallelujah. Let's get, in, let's get into the word with a little bit of Psalm 113, verses 1 through 5. Really, really easy. It says, praise ye the Lord. Can we do that? Praise ye the Lord, all ye saints, all ye who know them, praise ye the Lord. Oh my goodness, we ought to be excited about right now. It says, let the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted above all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Now here's where it really gets good. This is where you ought to be ready to jump like me. It says, who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high? Who? Get ready, guys. Let's praise. Amen. Put your hands together with this cathedral of faith. Somebody just shout hallelujah in the sanctuary. Has anybody come to worship the Lord with us today? Come on, put your hands together. Come on.
today as we worship the Lord.
Cathedral, God is good. And all the time. Boy, there's something in the atmosphere today. There really is. I'm so glad that you're here, whether you're on site or online. Thank you for creating this space to come and meet God in this moment. Say this after me. I refuse. I refuse to let this storm take away my song. I refuse to let Satan take away my song. I'm still going to sing. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Make a decision today. You know, Psalm 96, it puts it this way. I love this passage. Sing God a brand new song. Earth and everyone in it, sing. Sing to God. Worship God. Shout the news of his victory from sea to sea. Take the news of his glory to the lost. News of his wonders to one and all. For God is great and worth a thousand hallelujahs. And do you know, we can literally do that right now. Between on site and online and out in the parking lot, we can give God way more than a thousand hallelujahs. And so how about on the count of three, we put this into practice. Are you ready? And we shout hallelujah together. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Wow. We serve an amazing God. I'm so grateful today. We have so much to be thankful for. Before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, we serve an awesome God. Go ahead and do that. We serve an awesome God. Well, good morning, Cathedral of Faith family. Isn't it a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord? Happy New Year. Happy New You. My dad said it's not going to be a new, year, a new Year if it's not a New You. Amen? So turn to the person next to you and say, Happy New You. Oh, we're so glad you're here. All the folks watching online in the parking lot and right here in the main auditorium. We're so glad you're here. And here at Cathedral Faith, we are so excited what God is going to do in your life this year in every which way. Amen? How many are believing this is going to be the best year in your life? And I'm really excited about what we have planned for this year to help you grow and experience God's best for you and your family. And just starting out next Saturday, for all the couples, whether you're married, you're engaged, or you're hanging out together, we invite you Saturday. We're having a breakfast. Pastor Romel and Aurora will be there. They're our marriage and family pastors. And we also call Mr. Aloha. He's from Hawaii. And he wants to bring more aloha to your relationship so you can grow deeper and closer. You can register at the kiosk in the back or call the church office during the week. That's next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. And then whatever you do, do not miss Next Sunday, we have a special celebration and tribute service to one of the great heroes in our nation, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It's going to be presented by Dave Lemieux in the House of Soul. They have an awesome presentation, multimedia. They're going to be doing it as well at Stanford University on that Monday, but they're going to be here with us. So it's a great opportunity for you to invite someone that would never go to church but want to come help celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King's life. Amen. And then finally, if you weren't here before service, we're excited that we are partnering with Dr. Cliff Doherty, who's the president of founder of Valley Christian Schools, that we're partnering with him to open an infant care and preschool right here at Cathedral Faith. It's going to open up any time this month. We're just waiting for final approval. So if you have interest in that, check out the Neighborhood Christian Preschool website or call the church office for more information. And just want to encourage all the church family this year, if you haven't already done so, please download the Cathedral Faith app 
whether it's on your iPhone or your Droid phone, so you can stay connected with us and so we can uh, be a blessing to you. So we're looking forward to a great year, bro. Yes, we are. And speaking That's of right. Happy New You, did you notice I shaved and my brother grew facial That's hair? That's right. I so. lost the bet. No, I'm just kidding. No bet involved. <laughs> my handsome brother. Well, one of my dad's favorite passages is uh, in Proverbs 3. It starts at verse 5. This is the message translation. And I thought this is a great way to start this new year. It reads, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Can somebody say amen to that? Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go, because he's the one who will keep you on track this year. Don't assume that you know it all. Uh-oh. Maybe we should have an altar call right now. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. And then it says, honor God with everything that you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst and your wine vats will brim over because the lesson is no matter what you give, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. So let's pray together as we commit our resources to God in this new year. Father, we are so grateful. We have so much to be thankful for. First of all, I'm thankful for all of these folks who are here today, both on-site and online, that they have come to worship you. There's a lot of things they could be doing this morning, but God, they came to honor you and to be a part of the church family as we gather together, and I'm grateful for that. But all of us, God, you've given us the gift of life. The very breath we have right now is your gift to us. We thank you for the way that you've blessed us. We've had food to eat and clothes to wear, shelter over our heads. We don't take anything for granted. Thank you for the jobs that you've provided for us. And God, as we give back to you, as we start this year, and we put you first in all things, I pray, God, that you would continue to pour out your favor and blessing upon your people, that you would make them a target of your favor in every way. Continue to bless Cathedral of Faith so we can be an even greater blessing in the days ahead, both here in the Bay Area and around the world. And it's in Jesus' name and for Jesus' glory we pray this. All God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Well, today, yeah, let's give God praise, amen, for his provision in our lives. I am so excited. Again, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited because today we kick off a brand new series. God put this series on my heart, and I believe it could really be life-changing. It could. If you take hold of what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, and it takes hold of you, it'll transform your year. It really will. Today, we start a new series on the subject of identity. Do you know who you are? And our own Dr. Wayne is coming to kick off the series. Would you give Dr. Wayne a great big welcome, Dr. Wayne? Well, I hope you're as excited as I am to be here this weekend because God's got something great prepared for us. There are three words that have set millions of people on a quest throughout history. Three words that have kept people up at night. Three words that have caused deep struggles inside of people's hearts. Three words that politicians and psychiatrists and philosophers and educators and scientists and pastors and musicians and artists have struggled with. Three words that people wrestle with. And here's what it is. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? It's a question that people struggle with to say, I, what was I made for? Am I just the product of all the decisions I've made in my life? Am I my mistakes and my past failures? I am, am I what my boss said on my last job review? Am I what my mama says? Am I 
What my dad used to say to me when I made mistakes as a kid, who am I? How do I figure out who I am? And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to help us all answer that question and come to a greater awareness of who we are. Now, my real identity, my real ID, is what we're going to take a look at. Now, in 2005, the United States passed the Real ID Act. What that means is every single one of us has to have a real ID. If we're gonna go onto a federal building or get on an airplane, we've gotta have a real ID. And here in California, it's got this little golden bear on there with a nice little star on it. This says you've got your real ID, which means you prove that you're a resident, you prove that you are who you say you are, and you make a little trip to DMV. That's how they know who you are, because they wanna know, are you really who you say you are? And that's what we're gonna wrestle with. In fact, if you don't have your real ID, you have until May 7th, 2025. If you ever wanna get on a plane, you gotta do that. What is our real ID? That's the series we're in right now. My real ID, do you have yours? Now, I'm not talking about your license. I'm talking about, do you know who you really are? And over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna help you answer that question. Because when you know who you are, you know what to do. When you know who you are, you can have confidence in what your purpose is. You can have confidence in what the future holds for you. Now, let me give you a truth right up front. Scripture is the script. Say that with me. What that means is the script for our lives that tell us who we are is found here in the scripture. The words of Jesus are clearly laid out so that we can know who we are, what he says about us, who he says we are. But let me take it a little further. Not only is scripture the script, but also scripture is the script cure. Scripture is the script cure. Here's what that means. Whatever false identity, whatever lies you've believed about yourself, whatever you struggle with in your identity, the scripture is the script cure to help you know who you really are, your real ID, your real identity and what God has for you. He's got a great plan. And over the next weeks, I'm praying that it'll go deep inside your heart and spirit. I wanna invite you to stand with me for just a moment because we're gonna turn to the script in Matthew chapter 28 and see what Jesus says about who we are. And here's what it says. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee. They went to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. They're over back. (laughs) When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some still had their doubts. Then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. So you must go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you and you can be sure that I am always with you to the very end. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have a command that not only did you give to your original 12 disciples, You give to each of us. Go make disciples. Lord, I pray that you would help us today to get a better glimpse of who you've called us to be, what our mission is, what our purpose is, what your plans are for us. Because we know since you're the God who created us, it's only when we do what you created us for that we do find the fulfillment, the joy, the peace, the strength, the power to answer that question, who am I? Help us today. May every one of us leave here with a greater sense of who we are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness, amen. So the first point of the message is this. I am a disciple. Say that with me. I am a disciple. Now, I I know that we're all disciples in some sense, but the qualifier is we're disciples of Jesus. Not social media, you know. It's we're followers of Jesus. I am a disciple. So as you're being seated, say that to somebody next to you. I am a disciple. (laughs) Those words, go make disciples, is mission critical for why Jesus came. That's where he vision cast the whole reason he came. The reason he came to save you, the reason he came to work in your life is so that we could go make disciples. Now, these words that he spoke to his original disciples, 
Take us back three years earlier when he walked through Galilee and in Matthew 4, we see the first command that he gave the disciples. He said, come follow me. Come follow me. Now, that's our call as disciples. Now, this is not following in the same way you follow somebody on Instagram or you follow your sports team. No, this isn't just about adding something to your life. This is about centering your life in Jesus, following him, making him leader, making him Lord. In fact, in Colossians 3, Paul describes our responsibility by saying this. He says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's what he has for us, that whatever we do, our job, our hobbies, whatever activities we engage in, we do it all for his glory, that somehow, we would reflect what he's like. Now, I'm gonna invite you right now to pull your camera out, or your phone. Okay, everybody got their phone out? Because I'm about to give you your job description. This is why you're here. This is what disciples do. I wanna make sure you're ready. Okay, here we go. Up on the screen, thanks, Mariah. It says, we're to be a student of the words of Jesus, an imitator of the ways of Jesus, a partner in the mission of Jesus. That's our job responsibilities. Mariah, if you can keep, let's give thanks to Mariah for taking care of our slides back there. Thanks, girl. Let's say this together, because this is your job description and mine. A student of the words of Jesus, an imitator of the ways of Jesus, a partner in the mission of Jesus. Everybody get a picture of that? Hold on, Mariah, one more second. We got some people here. Some of you didn't pull your camera on. What? This is your job description. This is who we are. This is our priority. This guides everything about us. Okay, Mariah, I think we're all set. Everybody's got their pictures. This is what God calls us to be and what he calls us to do. He calls us to follow him. Now, I think some of us think that we have Jesus come into our life and just follow us. You know, he's here to make me happy. He's here to encourage me. He's here to make my life fulfilled and complete. And we just sort of add him and like we sort of like have him follow us around. But that's not the plan Jesus has. You know, I think some of us think this is Greek, but it's not Greek. When we hear the words, Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata, ain't no passing craze. It means no worries for the rest of our days. It's our problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata, Hakuna Matata, Hakuna Matata, Hakuna Matata, Hakuna. Okay, wait, 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 wait. That's not the King of Kings saying that, that's Lion King, okay? Jesus did not say, Ask me into your life and you'll just have this wonderful life from here on out. No, Hakuna Matata is not biblical, it's not Greek. Some other language, but it's not Greek. His call is not, oh, just add me to your life and things will go better, but sometimes we live that way. He's not saying for us to add him so he can follow us. He's saying, I want you to follow me. That's who you are. You want to find your true identity? You want to fulfill your purpose? You want to be all God intended you, but you want to have that sense of joy and peace that you're fulfilling the plan that was ordained for you since the beginning? Then we follow him. We let our life be built on him. God's had a dream since the beginning of time. And his dream's the same thing. That there would be a people here on earth, who would show what it's like in heaven. He started with the children of Israel. He'd gone all through history. His plan is that people would be around us and like, I understand Jesus. I understand heaven. I understand the intention of mankind. In fact, in Acts chapter four, we read this. When Peter and John were dragged before the courts, they said, when we saw the courage of Peter and John, they took note, these men had been with Jesus. You see, here's what happened. That's why we come here on weekends. 
That's why we tune in and watch them so we can understand the words of Jesus and we can begin to live the ways of Jesus, but also partner with the mission of Jesus. It's not just so you can be happy, healthy, and wise. God does want you to have health. He does want you to have strength. He wants you to have joy, but that's not the goal. The goal is that we would partner with him in his mission. Now, let me clarify something here. Everyone is someone's disciple. You're being discipled by somebody. It might be social media, it might be TV and movies, it might be your work ethic, the work ethic at your, where you work, but we're all being discipled. The question is, who's discipling us? Who are we becoming more like? Because here's a statistic I saw. You are the average of the 12 people you spend the most time with. There's something called mirror neurons where we become like the people we're with. It's when you hack the habits of other people, you see what they do and then you start to do it. Sort of the, the crude way of saying it is monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> what happens is we become like the people we spend time with. And that's why we gather here. We come to see what faith looks like. We come to hear the words of the Lord. We come to learn the ways of the Lord. We come together to be with each other so that our faith can increase. Because as I said, God's dream is that people on earth would reflect heaven. In fact, that's why he gave us the prayer in the middle of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter six. It says this, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You or I are intended to be that. So if people say, hey, what's Jesus look like in California, in San Jose, in Milpitas, in Gilroy, in Salinas? What's it look like? It's like, just look at us. We are here to demonstrate what it's like. That's why coming here helps us center on Jesus. Amen. Let's give him thanks and praise. We come here so we keep our lives centered in Jesus, focused on Jesus, worshiping Jesus, because here's the truth of discipleship. You become what you worship. Whatever's in the center of life, that's what you become. In fact, let's take a look at these, some of these. If you worship money, you're gonna be a greedy person. If you worship the flesh, you're gonna be a lustful person. If you worship power, you're gonna become a corrupt person. We become what we worship. If we worship people, we're gonna become selfish and dependent. If we worship work, we're gonna be restless and frantic. But if we worship Jesus, we'll become more Christ-like. That's what disciples do. We center our lives in Jesus. Now, let me turn it around the other way because it's also a way to t tell about the people around you. A greedy person that you see, you can pretty much tell, oh, they worship money. If you see a lustful person, it's like, they worship flesh. If you see a corrupt person, it's like, they worship power. If you see a selfish person, they worship people. If you see a restless, frantic person, they worship work. But if you see a Christ-like person, haha, you know what's the center of their life. They worship Jesus. That's what being a disciple is, having our faith increase so that we know his words, we imitate his actions, and we partner in his mission. Because here's the bottom line. The will of God isn't some kind of insurance plan. It's a daring plan. Because he didn't die to keep us safe, but to make us dangerous. That's why he came. That's why he did what he did. So that we will walk in his plan. Not just to be safe. Not just to have everything we want. But that he died to make us dangerous. He has a plan for you. A purpose. He's increasing faith in your life. So that you can follow after him. I'm so grateful for where God's brought us from. I'm so grateful for where he's brought us from. He brought us out of sin. He brought us out of death. He brought us out of selfishness. He brought us out of our past mistakes. He brought us out of so many things to bring us into his purposes. Can you imagine a church where the center of everything in those people's lives is following Jesus? You know, God's been so good to us. Cathedral's an amazing place. The gifts God's brought here, the work that he's done over 57 years, God has done amazing things, but I can't help but believe there's something more. There's something deeper. 
There's something more powerful he has for us. Imagine a church where everybody would say, I'm following Jesus. I'm committed to be in the center of his will. I'm committed to his purposes. That's what he calls us to. That's what he has for us. Can we once again give him thanks and praise for his faithfulness? Now, let's go back to Matthew where he gives a command to the disciples. It says, go make disciples. Say that with me. Go make disciples. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say go find disciples. You know, that's how we want it. We want like perfect people to show up like, oh, these people are so wonderful. They just moved here from some other place. They're already developed as a disciple. Come on in. No, no. Your children did not show up the way. Nobody's child walked right away. Nobody's child was potty trained on day one. Nobody, you had to work through the messiness of those early years so they could become what they were intended to be. And it's the same thing with discipling. It's doing life with others and getting involved in the messiness of their lives. He says, go make disciples. So not only do we say, I am a disciple as part of my identity, but the second part of our identity is this. I am a disciple maker. Say that with me. I am a disciple maker. We are making disciples. And you're like saying, oh, wait a minute, Pastor Wayne. I understand the part about my faith increasing. I understand I should be more like Jesus, but me, a disciple maker? I, I'm not a, some great teacher. I don't know what kind of book to take people through. I'm not a great communicator. I'm not Pastor Ken or Mother Teresa or Billy Graham. I, I, how can I be a disciple maker? Well, I wanna help us understand what this really means. First Corinthians 11, Paul plays it out this way. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's what we do. Being a disciple maker doesn't mean, oh, I've gotta start a class. I've gotta get a book and take people through it. Here's what happens. People around you will pick up what's in your heart. That's how we make disciples. In fact, let's go back to the script from Matthew 28, and here's what it says again. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee. They went to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some still had their doubts. Then Jesus came to them. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, so you must go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and you can be sure that I am always with you to the very end. Now, let's go back to the very beginning of that command that he has for all of us. Here's what it says. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, which just so you know, for those of you who went to Holy Land, you understand Galilee was a four-day walk from Jerusalem. So Jesus was changing their location back to where he'd met them before. He took them to the mountain where he told them to go, and when he... They saw him, they worshiped him, but some still had their doubts. Then Jesus came to them. So let me explain that. Some still had their doubts. That's who he said, make disciples to. It wasn't these completed, phenomenal men of God. Hey, you're so perfect, why don't you make disciples? You know, I think some of us like, I don't know the script well enough. I'm not a good enough speaker. I don't know how to lead. I don't wanna lead a small group. I can't teach a class. That's not what disciple making is. He says to those who had doubts that they could be disciple makers, he says to you who might have a doubt, how could I do that? Go make disciples. Reproduce yourself. Part of what this is all about is passing it on. Here's what I do. I pass on to others what I've received. What God's done in me, I share with someone. I pass it on. I let others experience what I've experienced by passing it on. Again, Go make disciples. That's his command. Go make disciples. That's what he has for us. Now, let me unpack something for you that helps you understand what this is. Again, this isn't just the person who stands up front. This isn't just the person who can take you through all the scriptures. It's more like being a tour guide. Let's imagine that somebody came to San Jose and a tour guide took them through the city and like, here's all the fun things to do. Here's the place, best places to eat. Here's the shortcuts. Here's the things I love about my city. I want you to fall in love with my city. That's basically all we are as disciple makers. We're tour guides. I might not have eaten at every restaurant in San Jose, but I know where I've eaten and I know what's good. I might not know all the script, but I know where the script has, I've tasted and seen that it's good and I can take you to that script. 
That's what we do as disciple makers. We share the love for our city. We share the love for our faith in God. We share our love for Jesus with others and we let them come and taste where we've tasted. Tour guides take you where they've been and where they know. It's like, I haven't been everywhere in San Jose, but I know where I've been. And I haven't had every experience possible yet, but let me tell you what I've experienced. Here's where I received healing. Here's where I received wisdom. Here's where I got breakthrough. Here's where I got a special work of God in my circumstances. Here's where I overcame fear. These are the sites I visited. Come follow me. In other words, let me pass on to you what I've experienced here. Paul writes in 2 Timothy these words. He says, you have heard me teach in front of many witnesses. Pass on to people you can trust the things that you've heard me say. Then they will be able to pass it on to others. Here's our responsibility. I'm a disciple, which means, God, I want my faith in you to increase. I'm a disciple maker, which means my job is helping faith increase in others. Again, that doesn't mean I have to teach a class. There are great classes you can learn in. We have great teachers here at Cathedral. You can be discipled through that. But that doesn't mean you have to teach a class or get up front or have a great writing ability or speaking. All it means is, let me share with you the faith that I have. Now, the book of Romans is really the story of the Apostle Paul's faith journey. And there are so many scriptures in the book of Romans to increase our faith. Let me share one with you. For Romans 3, here's what he says. He says, everyone has sinned. No one measures up to God's glory, but, but the free gift of God's grace makes us right with him. Christ Jesus paid the price to set us free. Can you give me thanks, give thanks to God for that? Wow, what a faith-building scripture. Let's go on to Romans chapter eight, verse one. Here's what he says. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. How many are grateful for no condemnation? What a faith-building experience. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse nine. Here's what it says. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe, have faith in your heart that God raised him, you will be saved. How many are thankful for that? Okay, one more faith-building passage from Romans chapter one. Here's what it says. It is through faith that the person in right standing before God really lives. Such faith-building scriptures, 15 chapters of faith-building scriptures, but then we come to Romans 16 at the end of all that. And here's what it says. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, Priscilla and Aquila, my coworkers, my dear friend Epinetus, Mary, Andronicus, Junia, Ampliatus, Urbanus, Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the text. 25 names are listed in Romans 16. You know why? The first 15 chapters is basically Paul discipling us saying, here's my faith journey. And chapter 16 is like the credits rolling at the end of a movie. And here's all the people who helped build my faith. Here's the people who partnered with me. Here's the people who served alongside me. Here's the people I had meals with. You see, when Jesus discipled, yes, he stood on the mountain and he taught 5,000. Yes, he stood and, and shared with the multitudes. But the discipleship that really was important was when he sat around the table with disciples and they just ate and talked and did life together. Eight times in the Bible, we have him sitting at a table. Far more times than we have sermons. That's what discipleship is, doing life with people being involved in and letting our faith be passed on. Paul says all these great things about faith that we can all clap and cheer and rejoice in, but then he closes it and say, let me let you know, all this happened because of these people who did life with me. All these people whose faith influenced my faith. All these people who because of what they chose, what they did, what they said, how they lived, my faith is stronger. So here's a question. Would the faith credits roll on your life? Who's on that list? Who are the people who poured into you? Who are the people who, in one sense, discipled you because of their faith, you had faith. They saw something in you you didn't see. They called something out. They, they saw your circumstances in a way better than you did. They saw your future in a way better than they did. They took the time to walk with you through that moment. Who are those people? I've been blessed to have multitudes of women and men who at the right moment spoke the word. You know, I think sometimes we can all whine, nobody discipled me. 
Because we think somehow that they were supposed to sit down and take us through a book word for word. And they were supposed to call us every five minutes, make sure we're doing okay. And they're supposed to encourage. Now, discipleship may take on a lot of forms. I could be discipled in the classroom. I could be discipled in moments like this when someone's preaching or teaching. I can be discipled in a lot of ways. But real discipleship is just doing life with people. How do you respond to this? What do you see? Oh, let me speak life in you. We've all been blessed. There's people who prayed for you. There's people who encouraged you. Some of them might not even know they were discipling you. It just so happened that what they said spoke to you at that moment. We all have those kind of people, right? People whose faith influenced us. They were discipling us. But let me ask you this question. Whose Romans 16 faith credits list will have your name on it? Let me read that again. Whose Romans 16 faith credit list will have your name on it? Whose story in chapter 16 of their life is gonna roll faith credits and your name's there? Because you saw something, you believed something, you prayed for something, you spoke something, you called something out of them. You modeled for them how to respond when you get bumped. You modeled for them what to do in the middle of a crisis. You modeled what to do for them when things aren't going perfectly well. Your faith was transformed to them. That's why this command is so vital to us. Jesus didn't come just to follow us around and make sure we had this happy, healthy life. Yes, he, he's a healer. He can heal in Jesus' name. He can heal. He can heal. He can heal. He can strengthen. He can encourage. He can bless. He can provide. He can help pay those bills. But that's not the only reason he's here. He's here so that we can be students of his word, understand his word. That's why I want to read the Bible every day. I want to understand his words. We're here to imitate his ways so we can show others, this is what it's like to follow Jesus. This is what Jesus is like. This is how he sees you. I get to imitate his ways and I get to partner with him in a mission. His mission is, I want this earth to have a people who show what I'm like. So here's an admonition to you. Don't let Jesus's last command be your least concern. Don't let Jesus' command be your least concern. This is his priority for your life. You wanna know what he wants you to do? In the end, the job you take, the place you live, all that's inconsequential to knowing his words, imitating his ways, partnering in his mission, wherever he calls you. Let's give him thanks and praise for that. I'm gonna invite you to stand with me for just a moment. The two points of this message are this. I am a disciple, I am a disciple maker. Say that with me. I am a disciple, I am a disciple maker. Some of you may have made that commitment years ago. I just wanna encourage you, you're on the right path. Some of you are just observing and still trying to figure out this whole Christianity thing. This lets you know what you're really getting in for. It's not adding a good luck charm. It's not adding a little spice to your life to add Jesus. It's not just following him like you follow your sports team. It's centering your life and who he is. I'm a disciple, I'm a disciple maker. I'm just gonna ask all of us to make that commitment to him once again. Place your hand over your heart. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love us. You died for us. You taught us the ways that we should go. And we commit ourselves to following you, to letting faith grow and to increasing faith to those around us. I am a disciple. I'm a disciple maker for your glory, through your help, and in your name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give him thanks and praise. Here's what I'm gonna invite you to do in the next couple moments. I believe God wants to meet with us. And I'm gonna invite you to make an altar. That's what most people did in scriptures. When they dedicated themselves, they made an altar. You might wanna come up here and kneel. You might wanna kneel where you are. But it's a moment for us to let God work in us. You know, when the tide rises, every boat rises. And the tide's about to rise here. God has a plan for us in this year. 
of connecting and growing and serving and being the disciple he called us to be. And so I'm gonna invite you right now. The worship team's gonna come and lead us in a powerful song called In Jesus' Name. But here's what I'm gonna invite you to do. If you need healing, I'm gonna invite you to come kneel. If you've received healing, I'm gonna invite you to come kneel so you can be next to them. If you're in difficult circumstances right now, I'm gonna ask you to come kneel. If God's brought you through difficult circumstances, I'm gonna ask you to come kneel. If you need a miracle, I'm gonna ask you to kneel and make an altar for the Lord. If you've experienced a miracle, come and demonstrate that he's the miracle worker. If you've got a fear you're struggling with, come make an altar. If you've overcome fear by his power, come make an altar. So let's just take this moment to dedicate ourselves to kneel and invite God to work. I'm going to join you down here. We're going to pray for you. Let's receive the word of the Lord. After this, we're going to take communion. So if you want to bring your communion with you, we're going to celebrate the strength of God. He said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. That authority is here to work in you and through you for a purpose. Let's receive from the Lord in this moment. Jesus over you in your hurting in your sorrow I will ask my God to move I speak the name cause it's all that I can do in desperation I'll seek heaven and pray this for you I pray for your healing that circumstances were changed today. I pray miracles over your life. Jesus name and Jesus name. I speak the name of all authority. Declaring blessings, every promise. He's faithful to Amen.
focus on you, when we look to who you are, when we see you as our Lord, our Savior, we see how faithful you are, we can't help but have faith. When we see you, we can't help but have faith for what you can do and know who we are in you. I pray, Lord, healing to be released right now. Give us stage four faith to believe for healing. Give us the ability to trust you for the breakthrough, for the provision, for the strength. And Lord, all of this isn't just so we can be happy, healthy, and enjoy life. It's so we can show others on earth who you are. You're a healer. You're a provider. You're a way maker. That's who you are. And Lord, you've called us to partner with you in letting this world see what you're really like. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so faithful. You're so good. Thank you for the privilege of partnering with you in the mission you have here. Increase our faith and help us to increase the faith of others by living before them your words and your ways. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
all of history is about to converge in this moment. What Jesus did in the past, what he has for us in the future, is coming together in this moment. There's a story in the Bible about a woman who said, if I could just reach out and touch the hem of his garment, everything could change. And that's about to happen for you. As we reach out and touch him in this moment, it brings together what he did in the past, what he has for us in the future, to receive like a live wire. This isn't just juice and a cracker. This is reminding us of what he did and what he's going to do and what we can receive in this moment. There's a passage of scripture in John chapter six where John writes these words. It says, this is the work God wants of you, that you have faith in the one he sent. For the bread of God is he who gives life to the world. And then Jesus declared, I'm the bread of life. My father's will is that everyone who looks to the son will have faith in him, will have eternal life. And so Lord, as we hold this bread, we're reminded that everything we need comes from you. Life, strength, health, power, ability, healing, grace, freedom, deliverance. It all comes from you. Whatever we need is in you. That's who you are. And so, Lord, as we hold this bread, increase our faith. As we grab hold of your power, all authority that you have, I pray that it would meet each one of us. We need your strength for this year. We need your grace to be the disciples and disciple makers you have us. We need your grace for whatever circumstances we're facing. There's a special grace that's needed for cancer. A special grace that's needed for bankruptcy. A special grace that's needed for despair and depression. A special grace that's needed to live in California. A special grace we need that's promised to us through your bread, your broken body. And we receive it now. Let's take and eat the body of Christ broken for us. You are forgiven in Jesus' name. You are healed in Jesus' name. In the same manner, Jesus took the cup and when he blessed it, he said, take and drink all of it. For the forgiveness of sins, for the hope in the future, for the present reality of what I want to do. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can you join me in giving thanks and praise to the Lord for his faithfulness? Hallelujah. What a great year God has planned for us. This next couple weeks, to know who you are. Now, in just a moment, as we close service, pastors and prayer ministers will be here at the front. If you need further prayer or specific prayer, they'd love to join with you in praying. I encourage you, next week, bring people out. David Lemieux and House of Soul, this place is going to be rocking. You're going to love it. Jesus is going to be glorified. The next week, Pastor Ken continues the Real ID series of knowing who we are. But let me sort of teach you something before we go, okay? When service ends, some of you are like this. The goal is not to get to your car as fast as possible. Part of growing in faith is hearing the word of the Lord, but it's also being with other people. So here's what I want you to learn how to do. When we close service, hi, how are you? Hi, can I pray for you? Hi, can you pray for me? Hey, how's your week going? Hey, what's God doing in your life? Take your time walking out of here. I know the Baptist might beat you to the restaurant, but it's okay, there'll be plenty of food for you. Oh, you know what? God's blessed Cathedral in so many ways. God's been so good to us, amen? Not many churches have the kind of worship and leadership and teaching and preaching and direction and things that we have. We've been able to bless thousands of people in this community. But you know what? There's more. There's something inside of me that knows there's more. God's not finished. And imagine a church full of people, fully committed to Jesus, following them with all their hearts, living out his love and his life in this community. Revival's coming. And I invite you to be part of that. Know who you are. You're a disciple and you're a disciple maker. Let me speak God's blessing. Lord, thank you so much for this incredible family. Lord, introduce us to new people today. Give us faith today. 
Give us blessing today. Give us peace today. You know, each person who came forward as a testimony and those who came forward as a request, meet with them. Thank you, Lord, that the life you have for us is far better than Hakuna Matata. It's a life of blessing and favor to demonstrate here on earth what it's like in heaven. Give opportunities to our family to do that this week. Bless them, encourage them, and strengthen them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless you. We love you. Have a great week in the Lord.